Welcome to the audio podcast of Morning Psalms and Prayers from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. A weekday devotional time in the Psalms. Good morning and welcome to Morning Psalms and Prayer. Today is Monday, September 21st. We are way past halfway through September already. Can you believe it? We begin with a prayer for illumination from Hughes Oliphant Old. Let us pray. Blessed you are, Lord, great God, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed you are for your righteous ordinances, for the right, for the good, for the true and holy. Bless us with your Holy Spirit, your presence within us, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of the knowledge of the Lord. Bless us with an upright heart, that we might be right, that we might be good, true, and holy. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week on Friday, we saw that we came to the end of book two of the Psalter, and so now we are in chapter 73. Hear the word of the Lord. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death, their bodies are fat and sleek, they are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out, of, out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongues strut through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, How can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked. Always at ease, they increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. Truly, you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment swept away utterly by tears, like a dream when one awakes. O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. This psalm starts out sort of setting the table for us, doesn't it? We see in verse 1, Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. This is very true. The psalmist here trusts, trusts that God is good to his people. But then we have a problem. The psalmist is brutally honest with how they feel. Isn't this great that we get to see this brutal honesty? Because I think a lot of the emotions in this text you and I have felt at some time. When we see those who are evil prospering, we feel like the psalmist feels here. And that's the issue that the psalmist is up against here. As we look at verses 2 and 3, But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He's acknowledging that this has caused him to sin. 
He said, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. Why? Because he was envious. He had looked at the prosperity of the wicked and seen that nothing was happening. And we see some interesting descriptions in here. They, their bodies are fat and sleek. I don't know that we would put those two words together today, but that is how they were described. They were well-fed. They were doing well. Everything was going good for them. And we get to verse 13, and what does the psalmist say? All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. He's saying, why have I worried about living a holy life? Why have I worried about staying on the path with God when all this good stuff happens to these wicked folks? He feels as though he's been rebuked every morning, but nothing's happening to them. He has stuff come up before him to stop him, but no, the wicked are fat and sleek, right? But verse 16 and 17 answers the, the question for him. He, he understands this. Verse 16, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. It was in the sanctuary of God that the psalmist understood that God is the ultimate judge. That the way things go for people who are wicked in this life is not a judgment that determines the final outcome. But instead, the one who determines the final outcome is the Holy One. The one who is above all things. He is the one who will determine the ultimate result. And so wickedness is punished. That's what the psalmist understands. And when he went into the sanctuary of God and he understood that a sacrifice had to be made for sin, then he understood that without that, without that forgiveness that comes from God because of the work that he does to save his people, they had nothing. Their end would come. And so we come down to verses 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's, there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's the answer here. That these things that the wicked have in this life, that's nothing. That is not a portion that lasts. That is not something that is good for eternity. The psalmist understands that he has an advocate in heaven. He has someone who looks out for him in heaven. And there's nothing on earth now that he understands this, that he desires besides God. His flesh and his heart, those things are going to fail. But he understands that his strength, his true strength is in God. It does not come from within him. It does not come from within the, the, the possessions that these wicked people could have. Instead, the Lord is his portion. And it's important that we understand this and remember this because it's so, so unbelievably easy to think that what we really need in life is the things that we can possess. That our portion can be how we can save our money or how we can build up wealth or, or any type of earthly thing. It's so, so easy for us to put our trust in the things of this world. But the psalmist here reminds us what our true hope is. Because we have God in heaven. And we can understand this at a much deeper level. 
than even the psalmist could. Why? Because who do we have in heaven? We have an advocate in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the one who came to earth, lived a sinless life on our behalf, and then passed through the heavens after dying to bear the wrath of God for our sin. He is at the Father's right hand. Is there anything better for us than to have that advocate at the right hand of the Father? So he should be the one that we desire. There's nothing on earth that is better than that truth. There's not a thing. Not a thing. And so may our desire be for God today, to know him better and to more deeply understand that we have this advocate who has saved us from our sin. Let us go to prayer. Gracious Father, you are truly good to your people and you hold our right hands. You guide us with your counsel and we trust that because of what you have done for us in Christ, you will receive us into glory by your word and spirit. Bless us with a desire for nothing but you. On this Monday, we put our week in your hands, and we humbly submit our lives to you as we go out into your world this week. As harvest has begun, we especially pray for your hand of safety upon the farmers as they are in the fields. We also ask for provision for those who transport the harvest and any of those in our community whose vocation is in transportation. Keep them safe on the roads and give all those traveling extra awareness of the increased activities in our community during this time. We know, O Lord, that our flesh and our heart may fail, but we trust that you are the strength of our heart and our portion forever. We have made you our refuge, and we proclaim your works, that you might be glorified, and that others may hear and believe the good news of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right, I hope you have a great start to the week. Take care. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our podcast feed so you don't miss an episode. If you would like more information on our congregation, you can find it at edgertonfrc.org. You can also watch the videos of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel.